Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sign Up Podcast today. I'm Josh Shimanoff. He's the one and only Angel Ortega. It is UFC 266 Fight Week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, huge trip for you going down on Saturday night. We got some other stuff to talk about as well. Big boxing this week. Uh, before we get into all of that, I'll talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best game of the world. Build a premium stack of the former delicious energy and focus drink. Designed to replace an all of the can energy drinks, coffee, even, tr- even traditional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success. Students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Angel, last Saturday night from the USC Apex, Las Vegas, Nevada. Card flying a bit under the radar. We got a main event that... You know, it had some heat on it, a uh, bit of personal stuff between Anthony Smith and Ryan's fan. In the end, it ended up not even being close. Uh, this is basically the big fight for Ryan's fan to see where he stands in the division. Is he top five? Is he good enough to be a guy uh, like Anthony Smith? Not even close. Smith just battered him from pillar to post. Seems like every single shot Smith landed, uh, he had Span just rolling over, flopping around like a fish. Uh, he ends up getting the first round submission as well. Angel, what do you make of this? Uh, what do you make about his performance? And do you think it's time that Anthony Smith gets another shot at the top five at light heavyweight? You know, it, it seems quick, man, but he's gotten himself back in that position. He's beat the people he has to, and uh, he made probably the best call out. He wants to run back one against one of the people that he lost on his, on his stint, right, on when he was on the down low. And obviously, Glover's not available, and I don't think that Glover fight would have been a good option regardless, and... He called out the right guy, man. I mean, I think that was it was genuinely it was fucking it was genius, you know. And uh, and for his sake, right? Obviously, he can get it back, and obviously, Rockets is in a good position. He's like, fuck it, I'll run it back. I already won. I'll win again. And and that's that's the kind of mentality you want out of these guys. So I I, I really fuck with the energy both they both of them have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll say this much, dude. This was a fight that like not was not even close. And Anthony Smith, man, if he was gonna if he was gonna get another shot at a top five guy, he needed something like this. A fight that was not even close. And he just completely dominated him, dude. I really think I mean he's gonna fight Rochich next. That seems like what's what's honestly going to happen. Um and the first fight, man, I'm not sure if you remember, because I, I don't think most people do. Uh it was a terrible fight. Uh it was it was it was a really bad fight. Uh, Smith hurt his leg very, very early in the first round uh, due to a leg kick from Rodgers. And that was a short notice fight that got booked because the main event fell out. I don't remember what the original main event was supposed to be. Uh, but that's why it was a three-round main event as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see why Smith wants that one back. It seems like that one's going to be booked for December. So I'm cool with it, man. I, like I said in the column this past week for Catch I Press, fair is fair. This man has beat three unranked, well, not unranked guys, but they were lower-ranked guys. They kept on, they threw him back to these younger dudes so that they could beat him and he could be moved out of the top five. He won all of them. It's time to give him a shot at somebody that's top five. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, overall, this card doesn't have a whole lot to talk about. We'll go ahead and move on just quickly on down to the co-main event. Eon Cote Lava, my guy. Uh, this is somebody that we've talked about a lot on the show. We're a big fan of the Hulk. Uh, but he's been faltering, man. Just to put it lightly, he's been faltering. Uh, his last few fights, obviously lost to Magomed Ankalaev twice. 
Um, and then he also had a draw last time out with Dustin Jacoby. This time, no controversy whatsoever. Uh, whatever conditioning issues he had have now been gone because he kicked the shit out of Devin Clark for 15 minutes. Uh, he broke his jaw. It looked horrific. Uh, what do you think about Eon Kutelaba, the new Eon Kutelaba at 205? I, I mentioned the man. Uh, like I said, he looked great in the gym. It was just a matter of it translating. He looked, he looked like a fucking savage in there against Devin Clark. I mean... Uh, you know, I remember last week when you and you know you quoted and you know I wish I had it here perfectly to quote it, but you were like, dude, Devin Clark's a deceivingly tough guy, and I'm like, man, a little too tough for his own good, but man, I, I gotta respect him, man. That's one ton of uh, son of a bitch right there, and teeth are all fucked up. He's gonna get them fixed, but uh, great performance by Kutalaba, and obviously, hopefully, Devin Clark is feeling better and could get back soon, and obviously for his sake, get back on the winning, winning, uh, you know, path. Yeah, I think I said it on Twitter, but it's like Devin Clark put. 100% of his points into heart and toughness. Um, <laughs> he got, I mean, that was a tough one, man. That was a really, really tough one to watch, especially near the end there. I really thought he was going to get the finish. I believe round one, uh, Kute Laba got the knockdown. It seemed like he was going to get it. I don't know if it was round one or round two. It seemed like he was going to get the early finish. And nah, man, it probably would have been better if he did. He uh, he had too much heart for his own good, like you said. Um, and that one was a tough one to watch, man. I feel bad for Devin Clark because it truly felt like he turned a corner after that fight against Alonso Menafielder, where he, you know, he got hurt very badly early on, and he had to persevere. Um, and obviously, he's fought two killers in Anthony Smith and Neil Quincy Lava, but it's just been two rough fights for him in a row. But as far as the rest of the fight card goes, man, uh, a bit of a low-key, I mean, I'll say, low-key banger. I thought the main card was actually excellent. Um, but what are just some particular fights that you wanted to go and highlight from last saturday i mean josh you, you know who we got to talk about josh there's no question about it just get it started you know who you want, you want to talk yeah. armand sarukian is a future champion i don't care how many times i gotta say it i'm gonna keep on talking about it this is a guy that came into the ufc he was 22 years old he took it on three weeks notice he barely he nearly beats islam makachev Nearly does it. He's destroyed everybody since then. Last Saturday, he destroys Christios Giagos, okay? Angel, how long is it until Armand Sarukin is champion? And if you don't say within the next year, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think that should be a little difficult with the way the 155 division. Give it three years, three, four years. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, he has a path to take. It's a tough path. And look, Josh, I don't know if you heard about this. Do you hear the fucking betting odds on, on him winning by finish? Uh, with it, I mean, well, he's not a finisher, so I'm assuming they were pretty. Well, high. no, that's actually the complete opposite. He is a finisher. He just never had a finish in the UFC. That we, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say though. Yeah, he had never had a finish in the UFC, so the odds for him to win by finish and betting was fucking ridiculous. I don't know how much money they said on the broadcast how much money you could have made if you predicted him to win by I don't know any finish. I don't even know if it had to be necessarily KO or, or submission, but it was something crazy. And I was just like, man, that is wild because. Prior to coming to UFC, he had like almost all finishes, you know, and it, and it was a variety of finishes and in a number of ways. I mean, and he finally got it. That was a big thing. I think a lot of people wanted to see out of him was to get a finish win, you know. Because obviously, leaving a car, leaving a fight, getting to let it go to the cards is a a big risk, you know, as we know. And uh, getting this finish win was just a uh, it was it was uh, kind of like that that stamp of kind of like approval for him. And now. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, he, he needs a name, right? They got to give him a name. There, there's He's number ranked 13 right now. I mean, give him anybody, right? Like, who who is it? I mean, who's available? I mean, everybody's kind of booked, but he needs a name, man. It's time. You know what I actually think? I I mean, I really 
if Dan Hooker wins this weekend, they got to do Hooker versus Ahmad Sarukin. Those two have been talking. Well, they, shit I was gonna say they've been talking back and forth. They talked about a, some sort of short replacement type thing, but that's I would not like happen. to see him fight either. It's got to be one of these next couple options. He's got to either fight the loser of Islam versus Dos Anjos, uh, either Gregor Gillespie or Dan Hooker. It's got to be one of those three. I think those are all great options. I'd say Tony Ferguson, but I'm not sure what Tony's doing right now. Tony's a weird, a, yeah. I would say Tony's in a weird spot. Yeah, but dude, I mean, I, I've I've been so high on this kid. I'd it, love to see him get the win because I mean that's the one thing that like that's like the one thing that he's really been missing um, is that really big knockout win. Because yeah, I mean he beat some good guys and clearly knew the talent level. There's a reason why he was ranked. We never saw him get that big dramatic knockout win. And Christiaskiagos. Full credit to him, dude. He looked in great shape. Um, we talked about how it was a little bit of a mismatch, but, dude, he went in there. He stuffed the first takedown. He reversed it, got a takedown of his own. He was doing great top pressure uh, on, obviously, fought back to his feet and then got the knockout. Like, that was that was super unexpected. But, dude, overall, an amazing main card. Like, this is one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most fun main cards of the year. Um, obviously, Ariane Lispy, yeah, she, she got a great win. Uh, obviously, we mentioned Armand, talked about Kutilaba, talked about Smith. Nate Manis, dude. Did you watch that fight? I did. Yeah, that comeback win, man. I, th- I was worried there. I didn't know if he, he was going to get it. Like, out the bell. Like, he was out. <laughs> yeah. The only fight with with two knockouts <laughs> that was not roughed by Yamasaki. Um, yeah, it was a great win by him. Joaquin Buckley, dude. <sighs> Good for him. He needed that, man. Especially after getting that. He's like, if I'm going to come out looking fucked up, I might as well put out the guy. Exactly, dude. He, it's tough to live up to that Impa knockout, but he's been living up to it. Even with the Dashiro loss, it's like... And it was shit, a freak, he's, freak finish, too, you know? Yeah, he's solidifying himself as a killer-be-killed guy, so it, it works out in a way. Um, you, he's making his fights must-watch. Um, I mean, moving down just to the, to the prelims as well, I mean, Raquel Pennington got a good win. She needed that. It was a very actual fun fight, in my opinion. Uh, your girl, Hannah Goldie, got a really nice comeback win. Uh, on the opening fight of the main cards, not main card prelims, excuse me. Uh, Emily Whitmire got cut actually, I believe yesterday, so that sucked for her. But uh, shout out Hannah Golding in her first UFC win, and I gotta talk about it, dude. I have hyped up this girl for so long, so long. I keep on doing it. Erin Blanchfield, 22 years old. I've been talking about her. She's she was one of like the first, I'd say, three fighters that I kind of when I first started um, covering Invicta, like you know going to the fights live, doing all that shit. Um, she was one of the first, like, three that I was like, that's a fucking good fighter. You're going to see that fight in the UFC soon rather than later. That was that one, Miranda Maverick, and Kay Hansen. Those are the big three. And, dude, Aaron Blanchfield making her debut against Sarah Alpar. One of the most, like, like scorecard-wise, one of the most lopsided fights in UFC history. 30-25, 30-25, 30-26. She is a fucking problem at 125. People are going to see, man. She's still only 22. So... What were your thoughts on that fight? I mean, dude, like I said, it was all good. And, you know, I, I got to highlight my own guys. I shot the boy, Shu Rong. He got his victory, man, after losing his 12-fight oh, yeah. win streak, man, uh, earlier this year. I think, was that on the Connor card? I could I be believe wrong. So. It might have been the Jorge card. Uh, I know that was the Usman Mazadal card. I know it was this year. I couldn't remember who it was. But, yeah, after losing his 12-fight win streak, obviously he's a young guy, 21 years old. He's 18-4. and four, Crazy fucking record. Crazy career. And then, man, another one. Hits home. My boy Carlson Harris getting the finish over Impa. Sucks for Impa, man. But, man, Carlson Harris, man, two wins. I hope he can get another fight soon. 
hopefully they keep kind of like building him up. I think he's kind of getting it. I know he's on the older end, so they're going to have to like speed him up a little bit too. But man, he is a, uh, he's looking good, man. I mean, I, it, he has, you know, he's not perfect, but I, I think he has a lot of potential. And obviously if he keeps riding this wave and hopefully he can fight one more time, one more time this year, he'll be riding a three fight win streak. Actually four fight win streak in the year, but three fight in the UFC if he can get another win this year, which would be awesome for his sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Overall, it was a it was a great night of fight. Shout out. I'm not sure if you mentioned him. Montel Jackson, dude. I believe he set the record. I believe he got four or five knockdowns in a single fight against JP Bias. I Shout out no to idea. JP Bias for being so fucking tough, though, too. Incredibly yeah. tough. I'm not sure how that one went to the, to the scorecard. Probably shouldn't have, honestly. But um, And by the way, scorecard, weird on that one. 30-27 across the board. I was absolutely sure the last two were 10-8s, but... Um, yeah, definitely. A hey, the right guy won. The right guy won. It's only an issue when the wrong guy wins. That's you know that's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't worry about it as long as the right guy won. Obviously, it's a little worrying because you want it to be accurate because we don't want a situation where it's wrong. But as long as the guy, the right guy won, I'm not worried, man. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, dude. Overall, I think mean, the really nice night of fights really flew under the radar. But Angel, this weekend's the big one. It is. International Fight Week. Originally, it's always set for July each year. They bumped it up to September probably because of COVID and uncertainty there. Um, but, dude, what a fucking banger. What a banger. But this is arguably the best. I feel like we talk about this for almost every single pay-per-view. But ever since COVID, like ever since they brought crowds back for events, they've just been stacking these motherfuckers, bro. Um, but this main card, let's just start off the top. Alexander Volkanovsky, the champion 145. Some people's eyes not the champion. Uh, I probably shouldn't go there. Uh, but anyways, he, he's he's the champ. He's 22-1. and one. Obviously won the belt from Max Holloway back in December 2019. Beat him in the rematch uh, back in July of last year. He's taking on Brian Ortega. T-City, obviously coming off of the greatest win of his career, in my opinion, where he just dominated Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, last October uh, in a fight that really he was a massive, I don't want to say he's a massive underdog, but he was very much an underdog going into. We hadn't seen him in a long time. The last time we saw him was in one of the worst beatdowns in UFC history. He back at UFC 231 in December 2018 against Holloway in his first belt, uh, first title shot, I guess I should say. Um, and now he's back, dude. This is very much a, a 50-50 fight in a lot of ways. I see a lot of people going Ortega's way, a lot of people going Volk's way. Uh, I think it's a great fight and a great matchup, but who are you leaning towards as of now? Oh, man. Sorry, I had a quick yawn there, but dude, I mean, banger of a fight, man. Obviously, both of these guys have entertained us throughout their whole, you know, UFC career. And we'll see Brian coming back from that massive layoff. I mean, dude, he he really reinvented himself, right? I mean, his his striking had greatly improved. Uh, we didn't get to see any of his jujitsu in that fight, but we know it's in the back pocket. We know it's there and it exists, right? So the threat's always there, right? As long as the, if it's there, there's always the thought in the back of your mind, right? Mm-hmm. and uh you know it's 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 an interesting one for him and, and for alexander it's 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 a tough out to you know i was thinking about this and it's gonna sound really weird and it's i don't think these fighters are the same but in some capacity this reminded me and, and like i'm saying not at all the same i'm for some there's just some reminiscing things it reminded me a little bit of michael chandler charles Oliveira, man you know with mm. the height kind of the similar builds different styles obviously but for some reason it gave me little little glimpses. I don't know if you have if you can see what I'm talking about there, but with some stuff, right? Obviously, very different styles, right? But all, each guy and looks very different. But you know, you know who is who in my example, you know? Yeah, I think is what I'm trying to explain. And 
you know, I, I had some some thoughts about that, and and, and oddly enough, I kind of feel, you know, I, I in kind of the same way. I mean, I, I think that uh that uh that Alexander's a tough guy to submit. Obviously, like I said, kind of kind of like I compare Michael when when we had that fight. You know, short limbed, right? You know, stubby guy. You know, and uh, you know, once once he gets sweaty and stuff, it's gonna be real hard to, to get him out of there, right? With a submission, I think early on, obviously, it's the most dangerous part of the fight. If Brian does end up taking it down, or if even Alexander ends up taking it down, and you know Brian, you know they call him T City for a reason. I mean, he has multiple submissions; he's willing to chase, and uh, you know he's a danger there. And obviously with the improved striking now, obviously with the spinning attacks, man, I don't know how that's going to work against a shorter guy. I mean, obviously they can land, but they're, they'll be a little different. But they'll be there, you know. So the threat's always there. Uh, it's a tough fight for Brian, like I'm telling you, and and and, and Alexander, I think. I think he he's comfortable in this matchup. I don't think he has any anything weird. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that that could worry him, and a lot of stuff that's there. But I don't know if I, I feel like if I'm bulk, I, I'm feeling kind of comfortable. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. If if I'm Brian, I think there's a lot more questions with you. With bulk, we kind of know what's up. And with Brian, I mean, he's been out, you know, and I know he's come back, and it's one fight. But I don't think we've gotten to see the full repertoire, which is a good thing. I think that's that's dangerous and and that can, that can show a lot and obviously keeps evolving and growing and and looking good. As far as I'm picking Josh, it might surprise you here. I'm, I'm going to pick Brian Ortega, man. I think he, oh, I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to get it done. Big bro, so, huh? The big bro, yeah, the cousin, big bro status. <laughs> I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to be Alexander the Great. Man, that's great. You know what's funny? I don't think we've ever picked Volkanovski on this show ever. Either one of us. And it still has still not going to change. <laughs> not today not for me uh, and yeah look dude i'm hyped for this one i think that this is uh i feel like a lot of the talk is not actually about the fights about the other two fights on the main card well i mean obviously one of them is for a different reason um not diaz waller the other championship fight i feel like mm-hmm. it's talked about a lot but i feel like this one's kind of flying under the radar a little bit in terms of its uh just the matchup itself you can tell volkanovsky man i've watched the embedded to, i you know i called a little bit these press conference is actually going on right now if you guys are listening to it it's gonna come out tomorrow um, and I saw Volkanovski. Apparently, I, I read that at the press conference he was super pumped up. I guess he's mentioned about like how Ortega shouldn't even be here and that he's a drug cheat. Obviously, referencing that Ortega has popped once or twice um, throughout his career. So um, he seems to be pumped for this one, man. And I am going to make history. I'm going to pick Alexander Volkanovski for the first time in courtside soundoff history. Hopefully, you're right for your sake, Josh. I, I just think, like, okay, whenever it comes to this, right, and it's a very interesting fight. I just think it's going to be a lot easier for Volk to impose his game plan on Ortega. Now, I am a little bit cautious because he had a really bad bout of COVID, but in training, he's looked good. Um, he looks pumped, dude. And I really think that because of the way that the second Max fight went, where um, obviously we thought he lost. I'd say most people thought he lost, actually. Um He's not really getting the respect he deserves. That first that first fight, he completely shut Max Holloway down until the last four round four or five. Um, and even in that second fight, dude, I don't think he's getting the respect because he got, you know, honestly an ass beat. Like for no for lack of a better term, for the first two rounds, it was looking really really bad, and it looked like it was going to be pretty much a lopsided win. In the end, he comes back to the last three rounds, puts on a great show. He completely shut down Jose Aldo. He's completely shut down a lot of guys. And I really think that flies under the radar just because people have such a love and, a, you know, a respect for Max Holloway, and I get it. But Brian Ortega looked good last time out, but Volkanovski's no Korean zombie, okay? That's what it oh, comes man. down to. 
But man, Korean uh, Zombie looked great his last fight, too. He did, but it's also important to remember that there's levels. And as much as I love Korean Zombie, anytime he stepped out of the top level, he generally gets sent flying back down the pedestal. Like, he got completely bodied by Jose. Yair knocked him out cold. Like, you know what I mean? Like His last second, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you see what I'm saying. Um, and that's not to be disrespectful, but it's like Ortega, man, I, I'm i going with the known versus the unknown. Ortega got a title shot years ago by getting, you know, losing the fight in the last possible moments, getting a win. You know what I mean? Um, and then he's only had one real fight sample size, which is against Korean Zombie. And that fight was competitive up until the spinning back elbow. And following that, Korean Zombie, notably, he said he doesn't remember anything. So it's, e- it's relatively easy to beat a guy that's, like, severely concussed. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Volkanovski, and uh, I think he's pumped, man. I guess somebody just told him about <laughs> Brian Ortega popping for steroids. Um, so, and I he par- talked about it apparently at the press conference. So they had a, apparently, Angel, I'm not sure you saw it right now on Twitter, they apparently had a very heated face-off at the presser. So uh, yeah. that's a good, that's going to be an incredible fight, man. Um but I am going to make history. I am going to pick Volkanovski for the first time. Just you wait, Josh. Just you wait for Brian. We're probably, to I'm probably to jinxing end. him, if anything. Because I picked him against him every single time. You just wrote his name in a death note, Josh. That's fucked, dude. I know, dude. I couldn't help it. But uh, look, dude. Co-main event. This fight, I'm actually very, very excited for. Um, Valentina Shevchenko. What do you say? The bullet. Um, the, I mean, you could argue probably second greatest women's fighter of all time. It's either her or Cyborg. Um, and, I mean, the only loss she has, losses, excuse me, in the UFC to Amanda Nunes, obviously the champion of 135, 145, back when Flyweight was created back in 2017, 2018. It was all just kind of given that, like, yeah, Shachinko's going to drop down. She's just going to dominate there, right? And uh, for once, MMA gods just let that shit go by. Like, there was no unexpected thing. What we thought was going to happen has been what's happened. Uh, she, she won the belt, the win over Yolanda. That was a somewhat competitive fight, but that's the only one that she's had. Uh, she knocked up Jessica I, dominated Carmouche, submitted Caitlin Shukagian. Jennifer Wyatt did have a little bit of success, took a round. I'll give her credit. Uh, and then Andrade, who we thought was probably going to be her biggest challenge, got completely bodied earlier this year in April. And she's taking on Lucky Lauren Murphy, the woman that's, uh, you know, it honestly, it doesn't feel like she, she shouldn't she shouldn't be here, right? Like, she's 38 years old. She's, you know, started training in Alaska, like, eight years ago. She just went there. The story was that she was going to take her son to sign up for martial arts. I was like, oh, that seems like fun. So she just signed up for it to get in shape. Now she's challenging for the flyweight championship of the world. Um She's taking the tough road here. They she they keep on giving her fights where it's like, oh, it seems like she should be good, a good one for Andrea Lee to get a win. Nah, Roxanne Modafferi, no. Joanne Calderwood, no. Like it, in this division where you only have to win one to two fights to get a title shot, it took her five fights to get one. She had a five fight winning streak, second longest streak at flyweight, only succeeded by Shachenko, who has six wins in a row. So, Angel Man, I won't ask you if she's going to win. Because we both know that we're going to pick Shevchenko. Do you think there's a possibility for a given um, a game plan for Murphy to follow that could lead to some success? Or do you think it's just going to be complete whitewashing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I mean, she, she's falling, in love with, falling a lot in love with her striking line again lately. And, and against Shevchenko, I don't think that's a good idea, obviously, man. We've seen what she does with her hands. She's a fucking beast there. She's a beast on the ground. She's so well-rounded. 
it's just going to come down to a, a lot of toughness from Lori Murphy and being able to, to obviously, like you said, whatever her game plan is, establish it. I don't know. I don't even know what I would do. I don't even know what you would try to do. You know what I mean? I think it's just a matter of uh, somehow finding your spaces, getting in and out and, and making it work and making it hard for Valentina to be able to do anything that she likes to do, making it a tough night for her, just making it as make everything that she wants to do as difficult as possible. Cause every time she goes in there, she does what she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, she, ju- she does whatever she wants. And I think the kind of one knock on her uh, post Maya fight was everybody's like, Oh, well, you know, maybe if she can get her to the ground, Maybe you have a good wrestling game. Maybe you'll be able to do this. Maybe you'll be able to do that. I feel like she kind of just threw all that away with the Andrade win. Because Andrade's not a wrestler, for, like so to speak, but she's incredibly strong. She has great jiu-jitsu. Um, and she got bodied, dude. Like, she got just completely dominated in that one. Um, is there – I mean, do you see any chance for Laura Murphy? Because, I, I mean, we both know we're going to pick Chepchenko, but do you think there's I mean, it had to – I think, I think it had to be some crazy decision win, man. I mean – it's just hard imagining Valentina even getting finished. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I mean, look, I mean, if if I had to give out a game plan, I the best, the only way I think she could win is if she, because she has a very underrated top game, and like you mentioned, she's fallen in love with her striking a little bit lately, which I think could be her downfall. Because Lauren Murphy is a legitimate, like she she has legit jujitsu. She is very, very good on the ground. She has great top pressure. She had great passing. Uh, she's a uh, – I want to believe – I want to say she's a brown or black belt under John Crouch. She's a great head coach. Um, so she has great jujitsu, dude. And I think if she sticks to that, you know, maybe she uses some pressure. She's a she's a good pressure fighter. I'm not sure how well it'll go against Chichenko, obviously, but just generally speaking, she's pretty good with the pressure. Um, I think it's probably the best recipe for her. Just use some pressure throw in some takedowns, try and get top position, not even just do damage, but just try to get to top and see if you can pass, see if you can land a little bit of ground to pound. Like, that's the only game plan I can think of. I don't think she's going to submit her. I don't think she'll be able to knock her out either. It's a very tough game plan. Because, like, for her last few opponents, like, there's a, there's a clear game plan, so to speak. Like, um, at least the last few. Like, I mean, like, Andrade, you know, either go for the wrestling because you're big enough, you're powerful enough, and that was a thought going in, or go for the knockout because you hit like a fucking train. Um, but obviously, it didn't go well, but that was the game plan. Maya, you know, get to the ground because you have incredible jiu-jitsu, which actually worked. She took a round or two. Um, it, but for Lauren Murphy, dude, like, she's incredibly well-rounded, and she has great jiu-jitsu, but, like, she's well-rounded, but she doesn't exceed in any area above Shevchenko. So it's going to be a tough ask. There's a reason why she's one of the biggest underdogs in a title fight. I mean, I wouldn't say she's a bigger underdog than all of Shevchenko's opponents, but don't quote me on that. Um, but she is a massive underdog. But, Angel, it's time. It is the it's the people's main event. Let's just go on. Let's get down right down to it. Let's just be honest. People's she's a event. plus 730. She's a plus 730. Do you have the other odds for her other recent fights? Uh, I can go look at it real quick. Uh, for Valentina, like her last yeah, opponent. Okay, Jessica was a. Okay, that was Jessica. I need to go look at Jessica. Oh, actually, I just, I just got it pulled up in front of me. Okay. Oh really? So right, so right now, Lauren Murphy is a plus seven twenty-five. Carmouche is a plus seven hundred. Jessica, I was a plus seven hundred. The Olana plus two fifty. Uh, Jennifer Maya was a plus eight eight fifty. So. I can't find the Andrade odds, but yeah. I saw it. it's like four something, four fifty. Okay, so that makes it so that makes sense. So she's up there in terms of like the biggest underdogs. She's up there. She's not 
she's not like top tier, but she's she's on the lower end of people having fucking Priscilla Cashewera had actually better odds. So um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough ass, dude. I mean, I like Lauren Murphy a lot, and she's actually like she's worn on me a lot during this whole buildup. It's but it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very very difficult. Uh, but dude, it's, it's go ahead. I mean, I mean, I know we didn't technically say it. But we're both thinking about Tia Shevchenko. So, it's hard. It's so hard, man. It's so hard with the dominance. I mean, how could you pick against her? I mean, you'd have to be, you'd have to see something that no one else sees, literally. The only fight in which she's had at 125 where I could think there's a reasonable case was if she, whenever she first fought Joanna, because at that time Joanna was still the number one, number two at 115. So I could I could see that argument at that point in time, but every single fight since then it's like, how the fuck are you gonna pick them to actually beat her? Like I, and it's so tough because that division right now, like I don't see anybody who really stands much of a chance. I mean, obviously we're there's other fighters down the line where like maybe if you give them a couple years of seasoning, like maybe Aaron Blanchard, like I mentioned earlier, maybe Miranda Maverick, given giving these girls some time, but the division is so bad that they're gonna be there within the next year or two anyways, which won't be enough. Uh, and so they'll get destroyed when that time comes. So it is what it is. Um, but Angel, it's time. People's main event: Nick Diaz, ruthless Robbie Lawler. The first fight for Nick Diaz in six and a half years. This comes 17 years after their first fight at UFC 44, I believe. Um, so, dude, let's just let's get right into this. It's hard to predict because we don't know how Nick Diaz is going to look. It's been six and a half years off. It has not been a six and a half years for like, you know, where GSP stepped away for like five years and all he did was pretty much just train and like stay in shape. He just wasn't in the right mindset to fight. Nick Diaz has been partying, man, for the most part. Obviously, he's in shape now, but he really spent a lot of that time just partying, letting loose after a lifetime of fighting. Um, so it has not been a kind six and a half years away from the octagon. But he's back. He's taking on Robbie Lawler. Obviously, it's going to be a five-round middleweight fight. I actually got moved with the middleweight from welterweight. It was welterweight at the start of the week. Now it's middleweight because Nick, I assume, did not want to cut weight. Um, so, I mean, it's really tough to, to pick a winner in this sort of situation. There's so many unknowns. Angel, what do you expect come Saturday? I don't know what to expect, man. I don't know if I should expect anything. Should we expect anything, Josh? I think that's the better question. Should we have expectations for these two guys at this point in their career? I have the expectation of this. I don't think it's going to be a good fight in terms of like top tier MMA competition. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna look like a championship fight. But I think this has the potential to be a, a fun Bellator esque old guy fight. You know what I mean? Um, so from that lens, I do kind of have that expectation to where. Even in these guys' older age, I think they mm-hmm. have the capacity to put on a fun fight. I'll say that. I mean, I can agree with that. I don't know if that's going to end up happening. I, you know, I feel like Robbie, I'll put it like this. I think Robbie Lawler is probably the right pick because he's been active. He's been fighting. If you look at his last couple of fights, I mean, he's been all been fucking killers. Like, no one really in his age range. And obviously, with, uh, with uh with Diaz, I mean he's been out of the game so long, bro. And and I think if you pick Diaz, it's for the culture. If you pick Robbie, it's it's the right choice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just dependent on what you want to do. I originally, and while sitting here and talking about this, I originally had Diaz as a pick, and it was for the culture. But I think Robbie Lawler <laughs> is the right pick. And I'm gonna I mean, stick it's with Diaz. The it's for the culture, but I'll stick with I'll stick with Diaz. You're gonna stick with Nick, okay? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's so many things going into this. And there's something that, like, I want to go ahead and say off the top is, like, whenever it, you know, whenever we talk about guys like Robbie Lawler, and it's a reason why, like, a lot of legends go on to take longer beatings throughout their career. It's because what's going to happen is, and we saw this recently with, like, Cerrone as an example. They're not – people look at them, like, losing, like, the top-tier guys, and they're like, oh, well, they only lost the top-tier guys – they still might have something left. Maybe they, they might have some juice left. They're just not fighting the right competition. And so then they'll throw them at younger guys and they'll continue to get their ass beat because physically they might look great, but mentally they're not there. And Robbie Lawler has shown all of the attributes of being a completely washed fighter. Like, completely. Um, the only time he had any bright spot was in the Askren fight, and he still lost that one. He got 50 43 by RDA, in which RDA put a brutalizing beating on him. Ashford submitted him. Sure, put an asterisk next to it, but still. Um, obviously, Colby just completely dominated him. That wasn't even close. And Neil Magny, and this is the one that really flies under the radar. Everybody talks about the other three fights. Neil Magny dominated him. Robbie Lawler did not have an ounce of success in that fight. And Neil Magny, as much as I love him, is barely top 10 caliber. And it's not just that he's losing. It's that he's not doing anything. You know, people talk about wash fighters like it's their chin's gone or their power's gone. The biggest sign to me is that they're gun shy, is they won't throw anything. And Robbie Lawler has not thrown shit his last few fights. So for me, it it comes down to picking of the known of Robbie Lawler, who I know is a washed fighter, versus the unknown in Nick Diaz. For that reason alone, I'm going to pick Nick Diaz, dude. I don't think Nick would take off. And he kind of alluded to, during an interview this past week, where he kind of alluded to the fact that, like, I, I hate fighting still. Like, Nick Diaz was that guy. Like, forever, he's like, I don't fight because I like fighting. I fight because it's my job. I'm good at it. It puts food on my table. But I hate fucking fighting. I hate doing press. He he had that same vibe in an interview this last few few weeks. Um, interviews over the last few weeks, I should say. He still gives me that same vibe. I think moving it up on short notice, I'm, I'm not going to look too much into the weight class thing. Um, I am going to go and take Nick Diaz, dude. I just... I'm picking versus the known washed Lawler versus the unknown Diaz. I don't know where Nick's at, but I know where Robbie's at, and it's not a good place. I'll put this question forth, uh, Angel, because now we just both pick Nick, mostly for the culture. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and I'll put this one forth. What happens? What's next for these guys? In a fight like this where neither one's ranked, it's very much a Legends fight. They're going to give them five rounds just for the fuck of it. What happens like for Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz? If they get the win. I mean, Robbie Lawler, either way, is on his way out to retirement. Diaz, they'll try to push him as far as they can. I think Dana will try to get the most out of him. Obviously, money is going to be the big thing. But Robbie, win or lose, I think Dana still has the idea that, you know, I think he wants him out regardless at some point soon. You know, he's obviously going to try to take, use him as much as he can, use the name as much as he can. But once he's done with him, he'll be done with him. Mm-hmm. So in let me follow that up. Nick Diaz wins this. Obviously, he's a huge star, so on and so forth. What happens if he gets the win? Who does he fight next? They might does make him fight, fight fucking Leon, dude. They might do some crazy shit like that. Like they, they, they'll take advantage of him as much as they can. They'll see what it is. I'm saying the Jorge Masvidal fight makes a lot of sense. I've always said that too. I've always thought that made a lot of sense. I think it's the best possible choice. Make him fight Masvidal. That'll make stupid fucking money. You could do that in fucking California. Florida, anywhere. It doesn't fucking matter. Vegas, 
that card's going to get fucking eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, I will say this. Apparently, um, Leon is going to fight Masvidal next. Dana came out and said that in an interview earlier today. So apparently that's going to happen. Good for Leon. I mean, yeah, so good for the, Leon. But get get the win and get the title. Easy. And I, I mean, you called me crazy whenever you texted about this. I could see Nick getting a title shot if he wins. That's I, fucking ridiculous, dude. I don't think the UFC would ever be like stupid enough to do that. Well, I mean, let's, I mean, let's talk, let's write it down, okay? If they're booking Jorge versus Leon, and unless it's for that MSG card, which it might be, then that means that. Usman's probably going to have to sit and wait around because neither one of those guys could come out hey, of fight. Hey, let me tell you this. Usman is in no need of fighting soon, though, so it doesn't matter. To no, him. but he likes to stay active. If you, and here's the thing. He does like to stay fight, active, but he's, I think now he, he's just chasing his bags. You know what I mean? And it's all exactly. good. Exactly. And who's a bigger bag than Nick Diaz? Obviously, if it's there, he might do it, but who knows? You know? It just depends I'm just, on how I'm just saying goes. it's not that crazy. It, it's, it's not, not that, that crazy, but I don't think it'll happen. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I just think, like, if if they're truly... It depends on when they're doing that Masvidal-Leon fight. Because if they're doing it for, like, January or something, dude, Usman's going to have some time. And if Nick comes out unscathed, that's an easy fight there, dude. That's an easy fight to make. And, you know, Nick wants it. Usman wants it. So, fuck it. If he comes out and he wins, let's do it. Fuck it. Um, we'll do it live. Obviously, that's that's a ways down the road, though. And, and honestly, Usman's yeah. mostly cleared out the division, so I, I wouldn't hate it necessarily who who would they realistically give to uzman after leon if because we know leon's the most deserving guy who could they i want to say if if luke wins his next fight it should be luke but fuck, i don't does know Luque really have to win another fight who does luke have to fight man i mean we're he's not on some insane win streak still though he has names he's beat a lot of people in that division like what did they whether you get wonder boy you know like ooh. I think right. that won't make sense. I mean, they could, but, you know, and Gilbert Burns and them aren't going to fight because, you know, they're teammates, even though that'd probably be a good fight to yeah. make. Yeah, I was about to say, that would be a good one, but they can't make that one. I don't know. Luke's in a in, in a bad position, I got to be honest. That's what I'm telling you. Like, his, his, his wins, Kies is like the good win, but outside of that, it's like, it's not impressive enough for me to give him a title shot, but also, like, Everybody's you know who'll tired. come out to bang, though. You know who'll come out to bang. That's the one thing. I th- you know, they could just straight up give them one if they can't find anybody. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll make them fight another kind of, like, lower-end name. You well, know what I mean? Well, the, him and Nate have been in talks on Twitter, so who knows? True, but I don't think they'll do that. But that fight would bang. That that's fight would bang. Match. And I could see that's Nate a, winning that one. Really? I think that's a terrible fight for Nate. I could, I could absolutely see Nate winning that one, 100%. I don't know, Josh. He might be on the papaya. I don't know about that one. I, I mean, I'm not saying he would win, but like, of the guys in that division, like, of who he could potentially fight to try and get a title shot soon, I think that'd be one of the easier ones. Like, not easier, but like, that'd be one of the ones that Nate would totally do. I don't know. I think yeah, because he knows he's gonna come out and fucking brawl. He's gonna come out and brawl. Like, I could see him. I could see him pulling it off. I would be seeing crazier things. But you know, um, as far as this fight goes, man. It's going to be a hell of a show. I I cannot believe Nick Diaz is back fighting, dude. Like, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, Angel, the last time Nick Diaz fought, we were in eighth grade. Dude, Obama was still our president. Obama was president. Like, I don't—I mean, Jesus Christ. We, we went through all of high school 
I'm about to graduate from college, and now we're getting a Nick Diaz fight. Like that's that's legitimately mind blowing. And when these guys first fought, we were like we were fucking two, three years old. Like that's that is insane to me. Um, you, you know, there's someone out there who's like, dude, I'm fucking 40 now and have a family. What the fuck? What are like, you guys are exactly? Exactly. Well, that's there's, how. We're, there's someone out there who just we just made feel like the biggest fucking boomer in the world. I, I don't. I'm, we're sorry, guys, if if we made you feel that way, but. I mean, you are a guy. You are a fucking boomer. It's not my fault, though. But <laughs> um, it is. It is kind of crazy just to look at it through that lens, dude. It's it's legitimately insane. Because um, I remember, like, like in middle school, like watching. Because I started to get around. I was, I was getting into the sport around the time that Nick was fighting. Like just when, around the time Nick was leaving, I guess it should stay. Um, and now he's finally back after all this time. And this is the perfect matchup. As much as Nick may hate it, it's it's kind of the perfect matchup. I'm cool with it. But, you know, it's it's going to be a fun one. Move, it's, 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 we still got a couple more fights on the main card, though. We can go ahead and run it down. Curtis Blades versus Yarzino Rosenstrike. Uh, two heavyweights looking to get into the title picture. Angel, what are your thoughts on this one? Banger. Can be a banger. Uh, obviously, Curtis has gone caught, man, by those guys with heavy hands. Obviously, we've seen Yarzino's fucking, you know, wrestling and jujitsu and just ground game isn't like anything nothing really there i don't know if he's improving it upon at all obviously you know curtis is looking comfortable with his hands but i know he's not gonna go to his hands but the thing is man your Zeno man he touches you you're out you're gone you're a fucking board you know what i mean you're plank walk you're walking the plank you know <laughs> it's bad do not get touched by him and dude we you know Derek and ganu twice i mean it's like if you're your Zeno, you're like man as long as i don't get taken down i i, I put this guy's out i put this guy's lights out like they're nothing but if you're curtis and you're taking to the ground I mean, you're you're feeling as confident as me. I mean, this is classic fucking striker versus, or you know, like brawler striker versus you know yeah. wrestler, you know, at heavyweight. I mean, I mean, it's a good matchup. I mean, it could be boring for the people who don't like the wrestler, but hey, man, it doesn't mean the wrestler can't put the guy out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'll say this much: I really think that like. I kind of feel bad for Curtis Blades, dude, because I actually thought, like, during that Derek Lewis fight, on the feet, before he obviously, you know, got caught, got stiffened up, I thought he looked probably the greatest that he looked th- throughout his career up to that point. Like, especially on the feet. He looked comfortable. But he's in a terrible um, position in his career, though, Josh. We talked about this. Oh, yeah. He's in complete bad. He's in a terrible position. He's nowhere close to a, good, to a title shot. And he, I don't know what he will do. But as far as for this fight specifically, I am going to take Curtis Blades. He needs Ngannou like, not to be champ, for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's it's a tough one, like, in terms of, like, his position. I do think he gets this fight done, though. Yorzinho, most of it comes out of the fact that I have no idea what he's going to do because we've never seen him face a grappler before. I mean, one time we saw him ever have to deal with grappling, and it wasn't even against a grappler. It was against Overeem. Overeem just completely dominated him on the ground. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Curtis Blades here. You on the same page? I, I think I am. I mean, I I, I want to pick Yorzinho just because I know the hands are over there, but I'm going to pick Blades. I feel pre- I think that's probably the smartest pick on this card outside of Lauren, outside of Valentino over Lauren. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you because this, this opening fight, I think, may be one of the surest. Um, Jessica Andrade, obviously former strawweight champion, Fighting Cynthia Calvillo. Obviously, Calvillo looked like she was primed to get a title shot um, had she won her fight um, last year. I believe it was in December on that 255 card. Um, 
obviously against Kayla Shukagian. And then she ended up just getting completely – she had no offense in that one. And now she's back fighting Andrade where she wins this one. She'll probably get a title shot. Look, dude, I've I've made it well known. I love me some Cynthia Calvillo. I think she's a great fighter. Chick Diaz, as she is dubbed. Um, very, very entertaining. I think it's a really bad matchup for her. Same page? No. I mean, Jessica Andrade is just a fucking beast, dude. Like, you know? She's just mm-hmm. a fucking savage. It doesn't... She's she's one of those people that uh, I feel like it's just because women's you know fighting doesn't get a lot of love, but she's so fucking good, dude. Really, honestly, she's such mm-hmm. she's such a tough and badass chick, and uh, just for any girl, dude, she'll give a rough night. Obviously, not a good, obviously it didn't work out like that for Valentina, but he, dude, I mean, Valent, it's just like it just goes to show how many levels Valentina's ahead of all these other chicks, and Jessica Andrade is is, is a tough out for anybody, you know. It, it just shows her greatness and it shows how good and it also just shows the, the gaps which i know is not a good thing but it, it she's such a talented individual it's insane mm-hmm. yeah and look i mean as much as andrade got destroyed i truly think that like after that fight i think people forget how good she is i mean like i mean she's a complete badass and i and like it's possible just because that it is women's mma that it doesn't she doesn't get enough respect but like dude she comes to bang every single fight she is very very entertaining um she has a great chin she's always swinging for the fences um i think this is a terrible matchup for cynthia calvillo and i'm somebody who's always been on that train on that hype train uh but i am i am gonna take jessica andrade here dude i think this is a terrible matchup to where if like they were it seemed like they they were primed to like they gave calvillo years ago i'm not sure you remember but like whenever she first came to the uc she got a huge hype push um i, I don't remember the reasoning why but she got I think it was because she fought on back-to-back pay-per-view cards. Like, she just immediately, she won one fight. I think it was UFC 209 um, and then UFC 210. Like, she just wanted to get right back in there. She won both fights, like, dominantly, if I remember correctly. Um, and they gave her a huge push. It seems like ever since, I mean, UFC's had, like, a certain eye for her. Um, and I'm surprised they gave her this matchup because I feel like Calvillo, you could just throw her in there with, like, somebody else and she could easily get a win and get a title shot with the uc like they have they have a thing for calvillo so i'm surprised they're not doing that so they're giving her probably one of the toughest matchups in the division for her for her specifically uh it is going to be a fun fight though i'm going to take just a contrage but angel card is pretty deep one especially the uh the espn prelims what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight down down the building I mean, man, we're just going to make our way down, Josh. As simple as that, man. Marlon Marais from Rob, dude. I mean, what a fucking, you know, at this weight class, what a banger. Obviously, Marlon, I mean, must win for Marlon, right, Josh? I mean, it's 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 looking fucking scary, right? It looks really bad. Um, This is this is basically as must win as it gets. I mean, like, three TKO in his last four fights, obviously. Three TKO losses. And the one win was a split decision against Jose Aldo that the UFC, in their eyes literally gave jose aldo the win because they gave him a title shot you know what i mean yeah. so and i thought he lost that one he should be 0-4 in his last four fights yeah no no, no. i'm sure he doesn't feel confident after that win either because he didn't even you know sometimes i'm sure there's certain wins you come out of like man i i fucking won that you know that's my victory but there's certain wins you're like man i won it but did i really win it you know mm-hmm. like as much as it's on the record i mean you can't come out of that and Marab, man, he's been fucking killing it, dude. I mean, it's a tough out for Marlon Marais, but that's a, that's a banger of a fight. We got to, you know, the bantamweight's always fucking put out for us. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be a hell of a fight. I'm super high on Marab, dude. This guy that came in to see with, like, who I never really felt that impressed by. But, like, it seems like every single fight has been 
getting progressively and progressively more dominant and just looking better and better and better. So now I'm actually – I'm really hype on it, dude. I think it's going to be a rough night for Marias. I think it's going to be a rough night of the office. Um, moving on down, though, Dan Hooker, Nashrat Hack Brass. First of all, it's the battle of the visa issues. I cannot believe that they're still making these poor guys cut down to 155 after they're both going to get into town. I don't know if Hooker's in town yet. Um, he may very well maybe, but I don't think he is. And I think Nashville will probably get there tomorrow. Like, he'll literally get off the plane to go cut weight and, and like, actually try and make weight for this fight, which is insane to me. Like, both these guys That's are still crazy, having to dude. Dude, if I was Dan Hooker and Astro, I'd message you guys be like, yo, bro, let's just both make 165, you know, or whatever. Which which they should. And Dana, his reasoning, like, somebody asked about it, like, how are you going to give Nick Diaz and Robbie 185, but Nashrat and, um, you know, Dan Hooker, they still have to cut. He was like, well, you know, they haven't gotten contact with me about it. I'm like, you, sh- you should just take the incentive, though. Like, like, you should just take the incentive, man. Like, come on. Um to not make these poor guys cut weight while they're still literally like, I'm not even sure how they're going to make weight. Cause like Nashrat just got his visa Wednesday. Like it is insane to me, but regardless, that should be a banger if it actually happens. Uh, Shamil Abdurahimov, Chris Dawkins, very much flying under the radar. Shamil is a very underrated guy. Um, he's still ranked number seven. Uh, he hasn't fought in roughly two, over two years, excuse me. Uh, but yeah. before that, he was on a great run. Tybora, Arlovsky, Chase Sherman. He lost to Lewis, but then before that, beat Walt Harris and Anthony Hamilton. Chris Dawkins, I feel like it's pretty well known at this point. Um, great run. Great run, dude. Like, three wins in a row, all via finish. He TKO'd Olenek, TKO'd Parker Porter. And obviously, Rodrigo knows something. To you. I'm not sure how you say his last name, but we'll just say Rodrigo. Uh, that was back in October. It was Rodrigo um, Nascimento, was it that guy? Yeah, thank you. Nascimento, there we go. Um, yeah, dude, Chris Tagas, huge prospect. Still only 31 years old, which for a heavyweight, it's a fucking baby, my guy. Uh, so that <laughs> should be a fun one. And then rocked him out of fairy, friend of the show. Um, Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Uh, she's got, this she's is got a the hardest. Matchup. She has a hard assignment, man. She has a very tough assignment. Taking on Talia Santos, who is eight, excuse me, 17 to one. I must say 18 to one. Um, and her one loss to Maria Romeo Barella, who, fun fact, got suspended for 26 years for uh, selling cocaine. What um, the fuck? <laughs> you didn't know this? No. She This got overturned, but the, technically she was still suspended in Italy, um, which is her home country, because uh, she got caught, uh, I don't remember with how much cocaine, but there was like a sting operation. Basically, she was distributing and selling cocaine. Nice. Nice is correct. But yeah, I, I mean, that, in hindsight, that's also a win that like really is surprising. It's surprising that that's Talia Santos's one loss. Has she not lost to Mario uh, Romario uh, Brella? She would be undefeated. And obviously, following that, she lost out and got cut from the UFC. Uh, so, yeah, dude, she's 17-1. There's a path to victory for Roxanne, friend of the show, but it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough assignment. Um, outside of those fights, though, what, is there anything else you want to go and highlight for this one? I mean, I think uh, I think that's pretty – unless – is there anybody I'm missing? No, I mean, those those are the main people that I want to highlight. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other names and people that, that I know and recognize, but those are – I mean, this card is deep when we get into the prelims that – it's it's a fucking banger, man. I mean, everybody needs to go check it out. I mean, it's it's fucking great. Obviously, we're gonna have Tatiana Suarez versus uh, 
Roxanne, which I think that would have been a fucking great fight, too. We got Talia Santos, was also still, like, just as a hard of assignment, if not harder. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, we got, we, we got some shit, dude. And next week is going to be fucking crazy, too. Mm. Yeah, dude, it's going to... It's it's fun times for MMA, dude. Like, this is an incredible card. Obviously, next week, like you mentioned, goddamn, what a main card, dude. Like, for the, these ESPN cards, they've really been kind of, like, flying under the radar. They've kind of just been not really putting much into them. But Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker, Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins, Alex, Alex Oliveira, Nico Price, fight of the year contender right there. Sirkinov, Jocko, Lad, Chase on. What a fucking main card, dude. Seriously. Yeah. Um, Let's yeah, go, dude. champ. Let's go, champ. Uh, but that's all we got for MMA this week. But, Angel, we got a hell of a boxing match. You talked about it a week or two ago. It's starting to heat up. Um, a lot of this year has been, you know, for lack of a better term, terrible uh for a lot of boxing um we've had you know i mean it's weird to say out loud but the jake paul stuff's probably the most fun stuff all year but dude it's we're finally getting some bangers down the stretch one of those bangers saturday evening should actually be happening right before the uc like actually goes live because it's taking place in the uk in tottenham um funny that we're i was gonna make a, a soccer joke but i don't know shit about soccer um I'd say finally we we have champions in Tottenham, but I'm not sure if they're actually good or bad. Um, but uh, hey, you're not wrong. They haven't been chanced in a while, so yes. <laughs> all right, perfect. My joke works because uh, I, I saw somebody on Twitter shitting on Tottenham. Because, because I follow a lot of UK people, but I don't know shit about soccer. But back to the point, Anthony Joshua, I mean, the technically, I mean, I would almost call him the unified champion, but um, WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO, heavyweight champion of the world, 24 and 1, one loss, obviously to Ruiz, which he avenged last year. Um, following that, he knocked out Old Man Pulev, and he's taking on the former undisputed cruiserweight champion of the planet, Alexander Yusek. Obviously, Yusek moved up to heavyweight following him, just completely, you know, what's what's the word? Smashing Tony Ballou uh, back in 2018, whenever he. Retained his titles, take blues, I believe. Uh, and just, I mean, he cemented himself as one of the all-time cruiserweight greats. Moves up to heavyweight, facing Chaz Weatherspoon, amazing name. Um, and then he fights Derek Chisero in his first real test. And that one, there was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad, but he did get the win. And what are your expectations for Saturday evening, Joshua versus Yusuf? I expect fucking fireworks man i don't want this fucking boring ass fucking olympic style i want these guys to come here and fucking bang and show the world what heavyweight boxing is fucking about aka it's gonna be probably a nice little pick and bite mm-hmm. for sure dude and i i mean look how, what are, what do you how good of a chance do you give because i feel like when this fight was first got announced, and I talked about this a little bit off air with you but like when this fight was first got announced i was really kind of bullish on his chances I don't know why, man. During the buildup, Usyk has done – he said all the right things. He's done all the right things. He looks in phenomenal shape. And the size difference is not as big as I originally thought it was going to be. Uh, how good of a chance do you give Usyk to pull this off? Hey, man, you don't hold that a division like he did and not deserve – you know, not come into an opportunity like this prepared. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a reason he's in this position. There's a reason he's a gold medalist, you know. And there's a reason he's facing another, you know, talented individual – I mean, he should come out here and fucking perform, win or lose. You know, you expect these guys who have dedicated their life to this level, especially this high of a level, especially at heavyweight. And obviously, he's not originally heavyweight to come out and perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, like this is this is an excellent fight. 
Um, there's a very real possibility. Everybody talks about like Joshua Fury, like completely just, you know, um, having that matchup. It's crazy to think about how close we are to not seeing that happen once again, because Usyk, obviously Wilder, have a whole lot to say in that conversation. And I won't, I'm not going to pick him. And I don't think we actually, we rarely give straight up boxing picks because they honestly don't matter because we don't track them. I think next year, Angel, we probably should track them just for fun. Um, like they, they'll mean less, but we can track them just separately. Um, but I'm not going to pick him. But dude, I think I'm kind of, I'm kind of flipping towards Usyk a little bit. Like the, the strategy is not entirely there. It's going to be tough for him to do because Joshua, the thing about Joshua is he's good at everything. Um, he's touchable he, though. He's catchable. That's what I was about to say. He's catchable, but it's Usyk have the power because even back at cruiserweight, he was not a one punch knockout guy. Um, he did get some knockouts, like I mentioned earlier. He knocked out Tony Ballou, uh, but that was more of a case of just him searching for the right shot and just landing one right on the button. Um, he was never a big knockout guy. He does have 13 knockouts, but he, when he faces like the top tier, uh, he generally does not seem to get that knockout. But is it possible? Like the Ballou fight, he just finds the right location, and he just hurts Joshua just enough to swarm and get the finish? 100%, dude. Um, I will say I like the fact that Joshua has slimmed down a lot since his, uh, honestly, bodybuilding days when we fought Ruiz the first time where he looked slow as hell. Um, I think I've liked a lot of the changes that he'd done as well, but, dude, it's going to be a hell of a fight. Gun to your head, though. Who would you pick in this fight? Joshua, bro. <laughs> Even <laughs> I want to, I'm picking Joshua. Damn. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the. I'm on the same page. I'm very much on the same page. Um, I'm gonna take Anthony Joshua. But like, I pick honestly. It doesn't matter for this. But I think it's gonna be a hell of a fight, dude. Like, Usyk is undefeated, man, and he's truly stepping up to the plate. Like, only two fights in heavyweight. I don't count the Chaz Weatherspoon one. Um, <laughs> he's. I mean, no offense, but he's stepping up to the plate. No offense, yeah, shout out Chaz. No offense to him. But, like, I remember that fight buildup. I'm not sure if you do. Poor Chaz Witherspoon got the call on, like, three days' notice to go fight him. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, because he was supposed to fight uh, Tyrone Spong, I believe. Originally, Spong. yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, which would have been talk. a hell of a fight, man. Incredibly underrated. But, yeah, um, as far as that goes, I believe that's all there is for boxing this week. I believe I will say this much. The undercard? It's it's honestly one of those rare undercards that is interesting. This is obviously on the zone, but we got uh, Campbell Hatton, obviously the son of Ricky Hatton, is opening up the card. Calum Smith is back. Uh, Lawrence Acoli is back. Actually, a pretty fun boxing card. Wait, Ricky honestly. Hatton's son is fighting? What the fuck? You didn't know that? Is this his debut? Or is uh, no, I want to say he's like 3 or 4-0 at this point. He has a small, he has a general boxing build up then. Yeah, he's 3-0. He's this is going to be his fourth fight. Good for him. All all wins via decision, which is actually a little bit surprising, but yeah. Hey man, you gotta build yourself up. You know they, you know who knows what kind of guys have been giving him, but yeah, probably all very low level guys. But hey man, yet how old is the kid? Like probably like what twenty, twenty one, probably young. Yeah, probably. pretty. He's really young. Yeah, he's twenty. I just looked it up. He's literally our age. Mm-hmm. Which is goddamn. That makes me feel old. But, come on, bro. <laughs> well, it's like it's like you never like um. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've done this at least once or twice. Whenever you're, like, watching NBA or NFL and you see a dude that's, like, our age, does that fuck you up a little don't bit? Don't even get me started on that, bro. That just makes me feel weak. <laughs> I was watching – I don't remember what game. I was watching some sort of college game, like football, recently. And I saw a dude that was, like, 19 starting, and I'm like, god damn, dude. Must like, oh, my nice. god. <laughs> I'm not at the age yet where NFL rookies are younger than me. 
But, like, there's some of them that are, like, only a year older than me because I'm still 20. It's like, oh, man, we're getting close. Like, <laughs> you, know they said they fuck you? You, you want me to hit you when they will fuck you up? Gable Stevenson's only 21. What? Yes, Gable Stevenson is 21. There's no way Gable Stevenson's only 21. He looks older with the facial hair, but if he you take off the facial hair. He looks old as shit, dude. If you told me Gable Stevenson look... was 27, I would have. No, I thought he Gable was like 25. He's no, he's 21. 21. Holy shit. 21, yeah. What am I doing here? I'm <laughs> 21. Like, I'm going to turn 21, and he's still going to be 21 before his birthday comes. Dude, and then what he'll be 22. Not enough, I guess. We have to go fight, Josh. We gotta get on TRT and start fighting people. Shamrock FC, here I come. Shamrock FC, Road FC, sign me up, baby. Sign me up. I'll 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 box Ben Askren. Triller, where you guys at? Let's go, champ. Give me the I'll, contract. I'll, I'll sign it. I'll 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 beat him up. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll fight Joe Rogan. I would not fight Joe Rogan. Is it a smart idea? No, but I'd love to make that money. Actually, I take that back. I would want. I would fight any fighter. Uh, because your thing is like I'll fight any fighter because I know I won't win. Like if you <laughs> no, no I, I mean, love if, the honesty. If, I know I won't win. Like if you throw me in there with like there are certain fight like could I fight CM Punk and win? I think CM Punk is the only UC fighter in the roster that I could beat in a fight. The only one. Oh come on, uh, Josh, you could beat Chase Hooper. I no Chase Hooper would submit me 100. percent In MMA, if we're talking like boxing, like I think I'd have a better chance against like Ben Askren or something. But like. Pure MMA, I think I can only beat CM Punk in a fight. But here's the thing, is I would submit immediately. I would immediately jump down and tap. Um, or I would just let him kick the shit out of me, because I could use the, I could use the cash. Like, you <laughs> tell me you tell me you would not step in there to fight just for, like, you know, 25 seconds, take a fall. Take a fall. Bend the knee. <laughs> Bend the knee to triple C. Okay. Um I mean, I'm not one of those guys that like you ever like. I'm sure you've seen online. The people, it's like whenever like somebody like misses a kick in the NFL or some dude misses like the people. I could have done that. Or like whenever some guy fights and like they lose the fights. So, dude, why didn't you do this? It's like I don't have any delusions that I could beat anybody in the UFC. Like I'm not that delusional. I think I could beat a wolf in a fight, and that's basically it. Like, I don't, but yeah, I mean, got a bit off topic here, but yeah, I, I would 100%. Road FC, sign me up, bro. I, I will fight. Um, Hungman Choi, 100%. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> I will immediately do a uh, – I'll immediately roll for an omoplata. I'll, I'll, do a, I'll do a flying omoplata, and if that doesn't work, I will tap immediately. Um, I hope so. But, yeah, uh, Angel. Corner <laughs> stoppage. What do you say? Corner stoppage. <laughs> no, I'm going to pull the old Connor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap immediately and just pretend that I didn't tap. You know, I was just like – Doctor, stop it! Like, just start yelling and shit. Um, <laughs> uh, but Angel, man, we would have got a little off, a little bit off top there. Uh, what is there anything else you want to go and say before it goes out? I, th- I think we wrapped it up goodly, man. I think we got a solid one. I think we got a solid one. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this week as always. At Courtside Sound One for stuff relating to the show, I'm at Josh Shevinoff. Uh, follow me as always. Uh, follow him at AngelTaker underscore O One. Um, feel free to give us a review on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube. Our numbers have been popping off for this last month. Uh, we appreciate that as always, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>